Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today I'm going to my review of AEW's Dynamite. Before I even get started with anything from last night, man, number one, it was obviously AEW's debut on TBS, man. And number one, I think this is a huge move for AEW. Um, obviously, they're still going to be with TNT, with Rampage. But um, then moving over to TBS, man, I think it's a humongous move from Tony Khan and AEW. And it's just like a whole new atmosphere for AEW with them being on TBS in a small way. Um, it was just great to see, man, number one. But the first match we get from last night's show on TBS, it is Adam Page defending the AEW Championship against Brian Danielson in a rematch. Um, in this matchup, and like the stipulation of this matchup is if the match went a full 60 minutes like it did the last time, we were going to have three judges to decide who was going to be the decisive winner of this matchup. Those judges were Mark Henry, Jerry Lynn, and Paul White. Now, number one, the match was a great matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both Adam Page and Brian Dinosen, with Dinosen keeping the pace of the match. Uh, Page was busted wide open in this matchup. Uh, Page ends up hitting a devastating dead eye on Brian Dinosen on the outside. Dinosen is now busted wide open, but Page ultimately hits the buckshot lariat on Brian Dinosen, pinning him for the three and your winner of the match, and still AEW world champion, is Adam Page. A couple things I'm going to say about this matchup. Number one, this was a fantastic matchup last night. Fantastic matchup. And to my, in my honest opinion, some of Adam Page's best matches I've ever seen. Uh, Brian Danielson, man, since he's got on the scene with AEW, he has been on one hell of a tear since he's been with AEW. I mean, he's had fantastic matches. I mean, the match he had with Minoru Suzuki from New Japan, to me, one of the best matches I've ever seen. It was a great match, man. To me, it was probably a four or five-star match. It was a fantastic match to see. And to me, Brian Danielson is bringing the best out of Adam Page in these matchups, man. I mean, Brian, Adam Page is just, I mean, the past two matches, I mean, Danielson was keeping the pace of both these matches. So much so that, I mean, Page was getting, you know, just the hell beat out of him in these matches. And now that, you know, Adam Page had beat Brian Danielson in this rematch, you know, now it does beg the question, who's going to be next for Adam Page and what's going to be next for Brian Danielson? Is Brian Danielson going to challenge more people from New Japan? Are we going to see more people from New Japan Pro Wrestling come over to AEW to challenge Brian Danielson? You know, who's going to challenge Adam Page next for the AEW Championship? There's still a lot of questions that still need answers, but that match last night between Page and Danielson was absolutely fantastic, man. Hats off to Adam Page for getting the win in that matchup and retaining the AEW Championship. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is MJF versus Sean Dean. Uh, before the match even gets started, Punk shows up. MJF pretty much runs around the ring. Punk ends up attacking Dean, and your winner of the match by disqualification was Sean Dean. Now, the reason why CM Punk did this was because, obviously, every year, AEW starts their new record system. So now that MJF has his first loss of the new year, Looks like Punk is going to continue to keep messing with MJF's head and having him lose all his matches so he won't get the opportunity for an AEW championship opportunity. Um, after the match was over, Punk says that MJF uh, says that MJF is, you know, kind of the future. Um, MJF also said Punk is fake. MJF says also that Punk wasn't talented enough to main event WrestleMania. Punk says that, you know, the grass ain't greener over on, you know, I guess WWE, because it looks like MJF has hinted a lot about going over to WWE. 
Punk kind of let him, you know, Punk let him know that, you know, it's just the grass ain't greener on the other side working with Vince McMahon and WWE, obviously. Um, and it looks like we have a match next week between CM Punk and Wardlow. So this is just setting up the storyline even further between MJF and CM Punk, which if I had to guess, I think we're going to get that matchup between both MJF and Punk at Revolution, which I'm very much excited to see. So hats off to Sean Dean for getting the win in that matchup, even though it was from disqualification. Moving on from that, we go into our next part of the night. It is Chris Jericho having a segment. Jericho talks about Dynamite being on TBS and that this was the first time Jericho was on TBS since 1999. I believe he said that this was the first time he was on TBS since he was on Thunder, challenging Booker T in 1999 on TBS. I believe it was Thunder. So it was cool to see that, a little nostalgia, especially from WCW. Uh, Jericho then mocks 2.0. 2.0 end up showing up. 2.0 end up attacking Jericho, and then Ortiz, Santana, and Eddie Kingston are here to save Jericho, which just pretty much sets up a matchup between Ortiz, Santana, and Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia and 2.0 again, which, again, this whole storyline between those two teams is just far from over. So I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup. But, again, it's great to see Jericho. Jericho looked like he was very excited to be on TBS. And, again, having a little bit of the nostalgia from WCW when he was there in 1999 against Booker T at WCW Thunder, that was pretty cool for him to, you know, talk to the fans about and kind of bring back, you know, WCW, if you will, in this segment. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. Pretty much a glorified squash match. It is Warlow versus Antonio Zambrano. Um, like I said, pretty much a squash match. Spears ends up hitting a Death Valley driver on Zambrano with the referee being distracted. <clears throat> but Warlow ultimately hits multiple power bombs on Zambrano, pins him for the three, and your winner of the match is Wardlow. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night as well. It is Jay Cargill versus Ruby Soho for the TBS Championship Tournament Final. Um, I thought it was a good matchup, uh, back and forth matchup between both Jade and Ruby with Mercedes Martinez showing up. Thunder Rosa ends up showing up as well, attacking uh, Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Ruby then was keeping the pace of the match, but Jade ultimately hits the finish on Ruby Soho, pinning her for the three, and your winner of the match and new TBS champion is Jade Cargill. Couple things I'm going to say about this matchup, man. This might be an actual hot take. To me, I pick Ruby Soho to win this matchup, and it's no disrespect to Jade. It's just to me, Jade is not ready to have that spotlight right now. Now, some people might, you know, think, well, why, why not? To me, Jade is still green in the ring, meaning that there's still a lot for her to learn inside the square circle. And Ruby has been wrestling for many, many years, and to me, Ruby is more the cash draw for AEW. I said the same thing about Thunder Rosa. I mean, having, if Ruby would have won that, you know, the championship, Ruby would, be, you know, be able to defend that championship and defend it great. You know, I think there's a lot of potential for Jade Cargill, don't get me wrong, but right now it's, she's one-dimensional. There's still a lot for her to learn inside the squared circle. You know, a lot of the, she's doing the same moves that constantly. I know some people were saying, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's not the problem here, man. To me, she still needs a lot of work. And even watching that match last night against Ruby Soho, it looks like Ruby was doing more of the work in this matchup than Jade was. It looks like Jade was kind of following Ruby where you kind of don't want that out of your champion. You kind of want your, your champion to take control of the match and know what they're doing. And I just feel like Jade still has a lot to learn inside the squared circle where Ruby has had, you know, the experience inside the squared circle. And, and I feel like she would have defended the, the belt properly. Now, credit... Jade hasn't defended the belt yet. We don't know what's going to entail with that. But 
I just feel like Jade has a lot more to learn yet. I mean, it'd be the same situation if it was like a Red Velvet or an Abaddon. You know, if Abaddon would have won the championship, the TBS championship, I would have said the same exact thing. She's not ready. And Abaddon, and I've stated this in the past, Abaddon has a very low ceiling in AEW and professional wrestling. I'm sorry. I know the whole thing about Tony Khan and Big Swole, and I understand that. You know, and I didn't really touch base on that either. But at the same time, too, there is diversity in AEW. I mean, if you look at somebody like Dante Martin, Dante Martin is a fantastic athlete, a phenomenal wrestler, a future world champion. I mean, this guy has really been on the map as far as AEW, whether he was working with Leo Rush or before he was working with Leo Rush. I mean, this guy, the potential that Leo, you know, that Dante Martin has is just, he has a very high ceiling in AEW. I said the same thing about Scorpio Sky. I mean, Scorpio Sky is another one where it could be a future champion. You know, it's not about that necessarily. It's just a fact of in-ring ability and knowledge of being in the ring. I feel like Jade is getting to that point, but there's still a lot to learn for Jade for her to be, to me, to feel comfortable for her to defend this TBS championship, in my honest opinion. You know, I feel like obviously, you know, she was in a tournament for a reason and she was undefeated. So you can't take that away from Jade. It's just Jade is very one-dimensional. We're getting the same moveset over and over and over again. And two, you know, Ruby was pretty much controlling the matchup and dictating where the match was going. And Jade was kind of playing, you know, following suit, if you will. You know, I'm happy for Jade to get the win, but I, I want to see more from Jade Cargo inside the square circle. You need to mix it up. You need to have, you know, add some more moves to your arsenal, man, because right now it's just one dimensional. You know, and eventually it's going to get stale and then it's going to get to a point where it's like, okay, we've done seen this so many times before. What else can we get? I mean, it's the same thing with you look at Sheeta versus Serena Deeb. We're going to get that match again. That storyline between Serena Deeb and Hikaru Sheeta has been going on for months, man. I mean, let's get something new. Let's get something fresh. And right now we're just getting the same old matches between Sheeta and, you know, Serena Deeb. Let's get something new. Let's get something fresh. Congratulations to Jade Cargill. I'm happy that she did win the championship. But I am definitely looking forward to what's going to happen next, who is going to challenge Jade for the TBS championship next. And hopefully Jade can learn more moves to add to her arsenal inside these square circle in these matches, you know, and have a higher ceiling in AEW. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. But hats off to Jade for getting a win in that matchup and becoming the new TBS champion. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Brian Pillman Jr. versus Malachi Black. I thought this was a relatively good matchup, back-and-forth matchup between both Pillman and Malachi Black, with Pillman keeping the pace of the match. But Malachi ultimately hits the finish on Pillman Jr., pins for the three, and your winner's, winner of the match is Malachi Black. After that, the Lucha Bros are here, and the lights go out, and then you see Malachi Black pretty much standing up at the ramp, making his way up to the entrance. So a couple of things I'm going to say about this whole Malachi Black situation. To be 100% honest with you, man, I feel like they are milking this whole House of Black deal, to be honest with you. There has been a numerous amount of times where they did this whole lights out thing and then it's it's nothing. You know, obviously they teased, or he teased, if you will, bringing in Brody King to be a part of House of Black and bringing him into the fold of AEW. We have yet to see Brody King. You know, and to be honest with you, and I say this in the past too, even about my NWA review, that you know, there's so much you know Ring of Honor talent right now that's on the shelf. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that Tony Khan needs to hire every single wrestler that wrestled for Ring of Honor. <clears throat> because right now, in my honest opinion, the amount of talent that AEW has right now is just too much. And I feel like 
eventually some people will possibly be cut or let go of their contracts again um, in AEW. It's just the roster is just too big right now. But as far as House of Black, I you know I have a lot of expectations with this stable. I think this stable will be absolutely fantastic and be great for AEW. There's a lot of things that Malachi Black can do to really make this a mysterious stable within AEW, a force to be reckoned with, if you will. But we've yet to see Brody King. We've yet to see what House of Black is going to do. And, you know, and I will get to this part at the end of the podcast, but the main event tonight, the tag team match, you had all these tag teams, you know, looking around and staring down the new tag team champions. And then you have Malachi Black in the audience sitting down, pretty much saying that he might challenge for the AEW tag team champions. But we haven't seen Brody King and we haven't seen anybody else on this House of Black stable. You know, and I feel like, you know, we're starting to, you know, really the well is kind of running dry as far as debuting Brody King or getting, you know, giving people more insight on what's going on with the House of Black. And that's where I'm kind of getting irritated because it's like, man, you're really starting to milk this whole House of Black thing. And eventually, if you don't start doing new stuff with this, nobody's really going to care about House of Black, man, to be 100% honest with you. So hopefully we get some more insight on House of Black. Maybe we get a chance to see Brody King in action and see what he can do. So that's still yet to be seen. But how? Hats off to Malachi Black for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our main event of the evening. It is Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Bros for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I thought this was a fantastic matchup. Back and forth matchup between Jurassic Express and Lucha Bros. Jurassic Express was keeping the pace of the match. The lights end up going out. Luchasaurus then takes Ray Phoenix and choke slams him through a table on the outside, which looked absolutely brutal, and it was. Come to find out, looks like Ray Phoenix had broke his arm during that spot where Luchasaurus ended up putting him through the table. It looked like Ray Phoenix went to try to catch himself on the like on the ground and looked like he broke his arm from that spot. Man, I hope Ray Phoenix is all right. You know, the best for Ray Phoenix is a speedy recovery. But it definitely looked like he broke his arm. Um, and then, obviously, Jungle Boy ends up hitting a roll-up, pins for the three, and your winners of the match and new... AEW Tag Team Champions are Jurassic Express. After the match, though, you can see multiple tag teams staring down Jurassic Express, kind of, you know, giving the Jurassic Express a, head, you know, a heads up saying, hey, you guys had the AEW Tag Team Champions, and we want an opportunity at those belts. So, again, it's going to be very cool to see what happens next with Jurassic Express. And, again, hopefully Ray Phoenix has, you know, speedy recovery, man. I hope everything's going well with uh, Ray Phoenix. But that was a brutal table spot. It definitely looked like he broke his arm in that spot. So I hope the best for Ray Phoenix, man, and a speedy recovery. But um, as far as last night, man, AEW Dynamite, man, it was a great show. Fantastic show from top to bottom. Um, there was, a you know, one or two things I could have done without. And a little bit of disappointment, man, especially with the whole House of Black thing that I touched based on earlier. I want to see Brody King. I, I want to see what House of Black does. I want to see how that whole stable is going to develop. And we've yet to see anything, man. We had one vignette with Malachi Black pretty much, you know, introducing in a small way Brody King. Um, I think House of Black stable would be fantastic for AEW. Some people may disagree. Some people may say, well, there's too many stables in AEW. In my personal opinion, I think there's a reason why that there is so many stables in AEW because I think they're going to eventually make a trios tag team championship, which there's so many stables right now. You can definitely have that. You have Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. You got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. You have the Dark Order. You have the Factory. You know, just to name a few stables that are, are in AEW. You got Pinnacle, you know, that could 
have a trios tag team championships, which I think would be great. You know, the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta. Um, I definitely think they could have another championship like that on AEW. Um, with them debuting last night on TBS, man, it looks like, I mean, nothing changed from them going from TNT to TBS. You know, obviously they're having the Battle of the Belt show this Saturday at 7 o'clock Eastern. Um, Cody will be defending the TNT championship against Sammy Guevara in a rematch. And Britt Baker will be defending her AEW Women's Championship against Rio. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But um, last night, man, to me, hit on all cylinders, man. I think it was a great show. Um, obviously setting up further storylines leading up to possibly Revolution. So, I mean, it was a, all in all, man, it was a great show. I mean, if I had to give that show a rating from 1 out of 10, I'm going to give it like a 7.5, man. I thought it was a really solid show. Obviously not the best AEW show I've ever seen, but it definitely was not the worst by any means of the you know, by any means. But uh, this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful, and remember, stay classic. Peace.